0: This is Rest and Rules, the 5e D&D podcast where we go through the main 5e books and talk about various rules and Haunty Gameplay Experience. I'm Nathan, the Dungeon Master of
1: Riffwick. And I'm Remy, a player on Riffwake and a Dungeon Master myself. And today we're here to talk to you about. Quests! Nathan, what is a quest? It's a thing you do. Like, yeah, (laughs) Uh, one day you're actually going to give me some kind of like detailed explanation and I'm just going to get caught completely flat footed. That day is not today, it seems. Anyway, uh, to use more words to that, a quest is a journey towards a specific mission or goal. And it is honestly a pretty big part of d d that you are on some kind of mission to do something or get some object. And there are just an infinite number of ways that you can choose to go about doing that. And it's also honestly a particularly handy thing in fifth edition D&D specifically because a lot of people are not actually big fans of using experience points and instead go by milestone leveling, as we did talk about way back in that episode. So to use a quest gives an excellent just milestone to use as you, know, you, the Dungeon Master, to use as the milestone of, okay, you have succeeded in a task, and now you know, y'all get to level up because you are better and have proven by doing the thing. Yes, you are superior. Well, you are better better although again like we have talked about also in the past it is hard to argue that uh, you know especially as you do get up there in levels adventures kind of are superior in a lot of ways but that is <laughs> that is a separate debate so how would you yourself try to use quests in D, nathan
0: Well, personally, I think quests are a really fun thing to do because, um, especially in a a game where you don't really, um, you you want a bit more structure, like, and you want it to be like an obvious in-game thing, quests are really fun because what you can do, the easiest way to do it. Oh, look, um, there's a po- post-it note on... Post-it note. Like, there's this <laughs> thing on... Like, post-it note wouldn't be in Fantasyland. They, they oh, do the blue thing. And- magic post-it note <laughs> saying that, Oh, um, there's a fat rat in my basement. Go kill it. Uh, and that basically gives you a simple goal, right? Kill the fat rat. And what do you get for killing a fat rat? It says right there. You get uh, three tre- gold pieces. <laughs> Nobody knows why it pays so well, but, you know. (laughs) That's actually a story right there, but right there you go. It's the easiest way to make a quest, and that's the thing. It's easy. Quests are easy to some extent.
1: Yeah, for the most part, they really are. It is a very obvious guideline of just what the goal is for the players to accomplish, and it is the kind of thing that because you are setting it up that it just creates a linear storyline. Like you were saying, however, it is also not terribly uncommon for players to go in directions that you as a DM don't expect. So in particular, in terms of a quest, it can either be that they do it in an unexpected way or just decide this is boring to me. I don't care. I'm going to go this way. So how would you deal with that kind of thing?
0: So generally speaking, if a player isn't interested in this quest, well, there is another way to create quest lines. The, the player leaves the place thinking that, well, I'm not going to touch any rats. Then they see a child um, trip over and the guard step on the child's foot. So, what you create is an event. So, this event could be the start of a potential quest. Let's say that it could go multiple ways. So, for example, the child is getting captured because of Why something does it his parents are doing. I love child so violence. I love child violence. Anywho,
1: <laughs> you get the concept. Yeah. But anyway. So, yeah, when you do have a quest, though, the, it, those two are probably going to be the most common issues that you will run into with that is the fact that they can just go about things in an unexpected way. Or to go uh, with a more specific example, let's say that the players have made some type of powerful enemy. And so you can plan out that, ah, yes, they will be, you know, holed up in their fortress with all of their guards and traps and all of that stuff. But then the players instead just figure out, oh, hey, wait a minute. Uh, We bomb them (laughs) just like maybe just somehow they stumble across like some alchemist shop that just has a lot of explosives. And they just decide, oh, wait a minute, we have a druid in our party. They're just going to, you know, shapeshift into like a giant eagle and just drop a sack of bombs on the top. And then we are just (laughs) done with that. And everything's great. That was easy. Just like fuck because like as a dm like i personally think that that would be just kind of hilarious because yeah i wasn't ready for that you know yeah i'd have to just rip up that guy's character sheet you know rip up all the you know trap planning and all that stuff but i love when players do come up with inventive solutions to problems on the other hand it might just be unexpected in a different direction like what about the kind of situation where like, you tell them that this person is evil, but, like, in your attempts to, like, make a more sympathetic villain, maybe the players decide, you know, no, you know what? I think that this person's actually in the right of things. We're going to join them and, you know, kill the person who hired us and just, no, we work for this guy now. Like, <laughs> that's the kind of thing that... Oddly enough, like I've seen happen more than once, like in situations where you do like make a villain with a purpose that there can be times where the players do just decide to side with them. And that just is a thing that can happen. And again, I love it when things go in that kind of unexpected direction. So that is just a thing that you can kind of roll with the punches. But on the other hand, the whole idea of not being interested is the one where I advise more caution because there are potential landmines in that path. More specifically, either you end up accidentally railroading your players, which, you know, as we talked about in that episode is not always the most advisable thing. Or there's the whole idea of if the players just decide to not do the thing, then the thing doesn't get done. And that is the angle that I advise leaning into, because that gives you some things to play with. So let's say there's a situation where you have, like, you know, let's say uh, it's the kind of like movie kind of situation where there's like two restaurants that are, you know, right across the street from each other that are in competition. And, you know, one of them like hires the players to you know bomb the other one. I don't know why I'm so bomb focused today, but whatever. Like so that you know, so you're hired to bomb the other one, and you know you you know you as players decide no, that's fucked up. I'm not going to do that. And you know maybe the guy acts you know like oh I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to offend your sensibilities, but you know I want to win badly, and you know I, I'll give you two hundred gold to just. You know, leave town and pretend we never talked like that level of bribe is the kind of thing that would probably work on a lot of parties because like, oh, OK, the bad thing isn't happening. Great. And we get gold out of the deal anyway. Win win. Perfect. But then what you as a DM could do is like when they get to the next town over or even if they're just like as they're leaving town, you just hear the massive explosion in the background, you know, or just hear about it, you know, just later on in the journey like just because players don't do a thing does not mean that the thing doesn't happen. So Remy, we've been talking about how
0: quests start and how like uh players might not want to do them or might evade them, right? I mm-hmm. want your opinion and uh your thoughts on how quests 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 can be structured.
1: Okay. So Yeah, there's no real limit on how you can go about it. So the first thing that I would just think about, though, would be duration. Like, are you intending to create something to be a long term or more short term quest? And even exactly how you define that can just vary. Like you can have a one session quest. I mean, that's what a one shot is supposed to be. On the other hand, you can have an entire campaign based around a single type of quest. So like for the short one, it could just be, you know, okay, uh, you have got this, you know, lost child that you just found in the woods and you just need to help them get back to their parents. Uh, Okay, that's a thing that might be relatively quick. You know, you just got to get to the next town and you might just have one or two combat encounters or diplomatic encounters along the way to just get to that goal. But then once that is the case, then okay, child is safe. That's that. Or you could make a kind of situation that is a long term quest where, you know, let's even go with the same example, but just with different planning. You know, this child got here, but they got here because, you know, they were, you know, playing with their mommy's stuff. And it turned out one of those things was like a scroll of teleport. So like Uh-oh. they're from like the opposite side of the planet. But now Holy they're shit. just That would be, be fun. That right. would be fun to play, not going to lie. Like, that would just be, that would be quite just a thing to deal with. And this could be, okay, this child just is now with you guys. Uh, It's just something you are completely unprepared for. And it could be, like, maybe they're actually from a culture that's particularly different. Like, you know, yeah, we've got, like, you know, the slave maids, the slave cleaners, like the, the, oh, oh, daddy's got a bunch of gladiators that he owns, like, like they might have uh, like a, a, you know a yeah like they might come from a culture that has very different societal norms than you have and that just might be the kind of thing like okay do you as a dm want to use this to just like be the kind of thing where you want to just have your players teach this child to be a better person do you want this to be the kind of situation where you're just like introducing this other culture to your players, like is this a thing where you're just making them aware of like way over there there is this thing happening, and is that the kind of thing that you guys might want to deal with once you do get there
0: okay, so the next thing I want to talk about is the types of quests because this is actually something that's talked a lot in um, game design when it comes to uh, video games but the the couple um, There is the uh, you want to kill shit quest <laughs> that is the uh get to a place and interact or talk to someone kind of quest so for example a diplomatic mission there's a kind that and uh, or something like you need to explore a location that is the uh, dreaded escort uh, escort
1: quest quest <laughs> uh, i can't think of any other ones what, what else is there? i mean anything like one nice thing is that it a lot of these do kind of line up to the player types that we've also talked about. So if you think like, okay, yeah, there is the person who just wants to kill shit. There is the person who just wants to get into that kind of, you know, debate, like, oh, man, like that is another just type in D&D, just the one who just wants to argue for the sake of arguing. Like, but then you have like, you know, the storytellers, the explore, like you have all these player types and there are the specific quests that you can make in order to interest them. And honestly, this is where things can actually get complicated because you may have like an overarching quest but then you also do have the side quests because generally speaking, adventurers do still need to, you know, have a roof of their head and a food in their belly as, you know, they go through their lives. So to take on the smaller quests as just like way to pay the bills makes sense because that's just a thing that people need to do. So to have things interwoven is something that is How do I even phrase this? Important, but not necessary. But hard. Because. While it's true that if you do have like a big bad type of situation, then, yeah, like some of the things that you'll run into along the way might be like their minions or plots that they've set up. But there is an, an unfortunately common problem that can come up in this situation where every single thing that happens is the result of this asshole. And it doesn't have to be this way. And I would say shouldn't necessarily be that way. Like, unless the story that you're trying to tell is specifically that this individual is the source of everything bad in the world. And this is like an epic level campaign to destroy evil completely from the world. Like, oh, that's funny. Like, yeah, that is absolutely a quest and trope that exists. But for the most part, like the bad guy has the thing that they're going for. Like they have a singular quest of their own. And then it is the player's quest to stop them or to kill them or some such thing, whatever, it ha- whatever it may be. And you don't need to have everything that happens to players be the fault of that one individual. Like again, like if you have the quest B, you know, kill the dark Lord. Okay, fine. Great. You know, they'll have powerful minions, yada, yada, all that I already talked about, but that doesn't mean then that there won't just be bandits in the world. And like, if you, you know, knock out the bandit captain and start interrogating them, like what are the dark Lord's plans? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? I don't work for the Dark Lord. I just saw that you guys look rich and there's more of us than you. Fuck you! <laughs> like it's like I I would never work for the Dark Lord. You dumb bitch. <laughs> and again, like by doing it that way, that also gives more options, which is always a good thing. Maybe you can just like get these bandits now to potentially ally with you. Like, oh, okay, maybe these guys like are assholes, but they might still hate the dark lord and you know might help you eventually do something against them you know like that's the kind of thing
0: <laughs> my enemy's enemy is my friend
1: uh, no my enemy's enemy is my enemy i hate like that is a thing that actually pisses me off that is just, <laughs> <Why not? laughs> like yes allies of convenience are absolutely a thing but it is uh it is such an oversimplification
0: Uh, I mean, it is a saying, and sayings tend to be oversimplifications by nature.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know. But for some reason, that's the one that just gets to me. I just don't care for that one. But anyway, that's a separate (laughs) Remy rant that's not really related to D&D. That's just more Remy on philosophy. (sighs) (laughs) Patreon show one day. Anyway, uh, the point I was trying to get at, though... Just because there are going to be, you know, side quests and the overarching quest does not mean that everything has to be interwoven. You can have there be, you know, subplots and other motivations that of the, you know, people and creatures that you interact with along the way you can choose to weave them together, but you don't have to. And I would honestly, honestly suggest that you don't try to make absolutely everything interconnected with each other, because again, that can create the potential issue. Like if there is that decision on the player's part of like, I I don't care about this anymore. Or if there is that just choice of, you know, I don't, disagree with their goals or whatever, then like making absolutely everything tied together like that just then becomes kind of useless. And it can honestly just be extra stress on you as the DM that you just don't need. So, yeah, have your, you know, big quest, have your subplots. If there is like a good opportunity to make a connection, then great. But don't stress yourself out about forcing it because it's just not necessary
0: talking about not forcing it let's talk about branching quest lines hey eh? <laughs> so uh one fun thing about a lot of um the fact that the dnd is the way it is is that you basically can have quests uh that go in all directions and have little offshoots and tangents because um let's say oh i need uh this this guy i need you to convince so this guy that you need to convince wants a certain thing, so you need to do that thing, but that thing is hard to do. And then you can just have things just branch off from there and then just in the end create a lot more interesting questline than someone just rolling a persuasion check.
1: Yeah, and that's the kind of thing too that can really kind of put a spotlight like on the party in terms of... How do you choose to deal with a particular situation? So let's just say that like this person has, you know, vital information that you need to, you know, extract by any means necessary, but you only have one hour. Like, then how do you do that? Like it like (laughs) eh words. (laughs) Unfortunately, like in D&D, most DMs do have torture work, but... Is that the kind of thing that your party will go for or is it or they're going to try to, you know, get a magical solution like maybe there is someone in town that might know zone of truth, but they have to like convince them or bribe them to be able to help. Do you try to just get the information from the person that you need just through bribery? Just putting a time limit on a specific quest is the kind of thing that can ratchet up tension and it just is such an effective way of just forcing players to I make mean, very specific choices
0: I mean like we've all been in that situation it's like oh no I need to get in here by this time but there's a certain thing I need to get by then so like it literally can be the most stupid thing it can be a quest where oh the king needs a king for um, his grand birthday but the thing is that that is not, an that, that is a very limited time, and uh, the the the, the uh, chefs at the castle come bake it in time. So you need to hurry up and find some cheesecake in time for the king, and you can just have ridiculous things, but have it still feel tense and fun because of <laughs> the, the the time limit that you have.
1: Mm-hmm. All hail King Nathan! All hail the divine lord exactly. of cheesecake. <laughs> <sighs> I have cheesecake in the fridge now, Nini. Screw you. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, and that is actually something that I that does deserve extra emphasis too, like. A quest is, you know, a specific thing that you're going for, but it doesn't have to be an important thing. Like, yeah, you can have just like the whole big player quest of like, you know, the orphanage I was born in is about to be destroyed. You know, I have you know, one year to get all the gold needed to save it. And sure, that can be your quest. But like, you don't have to have all quests be that like big deal. Like maybe your quest can just be like, maybe you have a a more fun player quest, just like Like, okay, let's even just go ahead and lean into cheesecake just for the fun of it. (laughs) Like, let's say that you have a player in your party who is proficient with chef's tools and, like, You know, their claim to fame, I make the best cheesecake in my village and I want to journey to the capital for the, you know, once every 10 years baking competition. But it's only two weeks away, so we have to get there and there might be these like very important potential distractions along the way. But like my goal is to get there and enter and Uh, prove that like I am the best cheesecake creator in the lands.
0: I'm just imagining, like, all these incidents and, like, plot hooks and stuff that they are just running by. It's like, I see... It's like someone's screaming, guys, we have no time, we need to go. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. That'd be fucking hilarious. It's like,
1: for what? Cheesecake. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, their battle cry, for cheesecake! (laughs) Like, just because D&D is, like, that whole, you know... Heroic sword and sorcery kind of genre does not mean that you can't just go a little bit more goofy with it and just have some fun like that's one of the big draws of D&D in general is the fact that it can be any style of game that you want it to be. So if you want to have the you know, heroic quest to save the day, you can do that. But if you want to also just have a little bit more casual fun with things and just be the hero of cheesecake, have fun and do that. Thanks for listening to this episode
0: of Riffs and Rules. Please leave us a review and give us five stars on iTunes. Also, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. Tears, stars, loads of dollars, and even that much really helps us out. Support us get benefits such as behind-the-scenes content, early access to our episodes, access to the Patreon Discord, where we will chat with the cast, and even a shout-out on the show. Find us on social media on Twitter at Podcast, on Facebook at riffwake, or Reddit on the subreddit r slash And you can send us an email, riffsandrules at gmail.com. That's riffsandrules at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye.